Welcome to the Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast, hosted by me, Jason Sacco. I'm a longtime spondy looking to bring the community closer to give the community a voice. I'll be reaching out to organizations, doctors, nutritionists, and anyone that I think can help increase our spondy quality of life. Enjoy and learn what is available to make your life better. Welcome to this week's episode of the Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast. I wanted to do something different this week. Many times on the forums, I will see women that are mothers come on and speak about some of the issues that they're dealing with and the guilt they're feeling for different situations they might be in related to motherhood. And that's not a topic that I am able to talk about coherently or even intelligently. I thought it would do the next best thing, which is bring on a fellow spondy named Ashley Chaffin to talk about her day-to-day dealings with being a mother of young children and having arthritis and how she goes about handling everything. So, Ashley, how are you doing today? I am doing pretty well, thank you. Well, I really appreciate you giving me some time because this is a topic that is very, very needed to be covered, maybe on a much more often basis than just occasionally on my show, but it's really dealing with motherhood, younger children, school-age children, keeping up, the whole topics, and how do you do that while having something like axial spondyloarthritis and the fatigue and the pain and everything that it can cause. So I, I thank you for coming on and sharing some of the your thoughts on this topic. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. I Chronic illness is isolating on its own. And then um, being a mom, that, that takes so much time, so much energy. And it's great. You know that when you have children, that is your life. You are raising two or, well, I have two, but little lives to be the next generation. And just chronic illness on top of it is hard. So I created my Instagram in hopes of finding community, finding people who can relate, who I can learn from, hopefully people I can help as well. And it's really common what I'm running into with moms. And I know I'm not alone now. And I know that it can get easier. There's ways to get better, not not get better at parenting. But I think a mindset, a better mindset about not feeling guilty, how spondy mothers have to raise their kids. Well, let's do this. Now, you mentioned your Instagram. And for anybody listening, you can go to the show notes and there'll be a link to Ashley's Instagram. It's anki.spanky, you know, on Instagram. So... I'll have a link to that, but let's jump right into some of the topics. Talk to me a little bit about what it's like having, say, toddlers, under school age children. How has that affected you as a, as a mother? So when my kids were toddler age, I had not yet received a diagnosis, but I knew things weren't right. I had always been like ready to go. I could handle anything. Miss Independent is how I viewed myself, like 60 hour work weeks and clean the house, dinner, kids. I got it. But it it just got so hard after a while having kids. And it's almost overwhelming. Like you have to get work done. You have to be there for them. Toddlers, they take so much energy. I feel so much empathy for mothers dealing with chronic illness who do have toddlers but at that time it's just 
you know, you don't, you, you want to keep them from too much screen time, but at the same time, you just need that break. And it's so easy to sit them in front of a TV or like a tablet. And then you feel guilt over that. Like, I want to be the one there with my kid teaching my kid, not just gluing them to a screen. And that's kind of what I have about with toddlers. As a father of three, at one point, I had three that were five and under. And so my ex-wife, I know she put in a lot of work because I know when I came home from work, I used to joke that they were like little vampires, little energy vampires. <laughs> and it was good. It was a, it was what I signed up for, um, but I was full on in, in my chronic illness, was fusing, had already had hip replacements. And I was only there for a few hours while they were awake in the morning and a few hours in the evening before they went to bed. I was not there in the middle of the day. So as a person with a chronic illness, I know that in many cases with the kids at that age, being at work was the easier option than being home with them on a full-time basis. So I, I give any mother with a chronic illness, I, I give any mother credit, but when you add a chronic illness on top of it, it just magnifies the challenges that much more. That's for sure. So how old are your children now? Right now, they are seven and nine. My daughter will be 10 in less than a month now, double digits. At least the past five years is when I knew something's not right. Like, I know motherhood is tiring, work is tiring, you're getting older, you're tired. But it just, it was too much. I shouldn't be that tired. So now with my kids seven and nine and having a diagnosis, it, it all makes sense looking back. <laughs> well, now that the kids are older, do you find that that time commitment has, now obviously it's changed because you don't have the diapers and the, all that stuff that goes with a baby, but have you noticed the energy commitments have changed as the kids have gotten older with them obviously being in school, things like that? I feel like it's definitely changed. Once your kids are out of toddler stage and they're into school, everything changes, but it's not necessarily, oh, it changed, it got better because now you're right. I don't have to change diapers or make bottles or cut up food in tiny pieces and things like that. They they're more independent. They can they can do a lot for themselves now. But just because they can doesn't mean they should. <laughs> like I should not expect them to get up, feed themselves, get ready for school and walk it. Like <laughs> I still have to make sure I'm up by whatever time which I'm trying to get up earlier than I actually need to be so that I can loosen up and stretch to be able to get up for the day. And then kids just wake up with the energy. I wish I had that. So they're ready to go. I'm just, please be quiet. Please calm down. Let's go get breakfast. And so getting them to school now, COVID was a whole different story. But now, at least where I live, they have returned to school full time. So that, that has made things a little easier. So now I have that, okay, I just got to get them to school and then I don't have to have my brave face on. And I, I think that is also something that changed. When they're babies, they don't really grasp as much. Like they see you, they see your expressions, but they don't have that logic connection. But now at the age they are, oh, mommy doesn't look right or 
why are you sad and are you okay? And they, they come at you with questions like that. You can't just say, oh, I'm just sick. Yeah, I am sick, but it's so much more than that. So, so it has changed the type of responsibility, but it's still so time consuming and that now they all have homework that you have to go through. Basic mom duties of making sure that they learn how to be self-sufficient, that, that cleaning your room is a chore for life, not just something mean mommy is making you do. One thing my daughter struggles with, I know, and I feel guilt about it, is, is one-on-one time. We, we don't have a lot of one-on-one time because my day, I kind of have like those goals. Okay, I got to get them to school And then if I need to cry, I'm going to cry. If I need to like hobble around, that's what I'll do. While also trying to get my my work done for my job, I work remotely. And then I got to pick them up at 3.30 and put on the brave face again. And, And that alone is tiring, kind of pretending you're more okay than you are. So I guess that's the biggest struggle or energy suck with older children is, or at least for me, is wanting to do what you feel like you should be able to do, but having limitations that you also understand you shouldn't push. Sure. So does that, do you think that that leads you into a, an extraordinary amount of guilt, maybe a self-imposed guilt? Do you think the kids see it that way? I'd be curious of your take on that. I think it's interesting. Kids know what we teach them. Kids know what they observe. They learn from what they see, what they hear, what they soak in like little sponges. So this is normal for them. I'm the one that knows that it's not normal. I'm the one that has the guilt. And I know that later in life, they'll look back and and they'll understand. But I know that right now, they're not upset. Like, I personally would feel guilty about not being able to, we used to walk to the park. When I'm having really bad, long-lasting flares, we're not walking to the park. We're maybe a walk around the street. Let's watch a movie. Like, that's my compromise. Oh, that's, that's a great idea. Let's go camp out in the living room. And so to them, it's this great, fun thing. Like, oh, we get popcorn. We're watching movie night with mom. But to me, I wish... I was doing something else. I wish we were out walking, out playing at the park or or things that, that I just am not up to or can't handle that day. So for them, no, I think it's normal. I, I don't think they would even have any thought that it wasn't normal unless they were at a friend's or with, with another family and saw the different dynamic or when they have parents who can attend like field trips or the chaperones and well why can't you do this mommy like that's when things start having to be addressed with them but up until that point I I think it's really all parents it's all us we feel so much more guilt than we should because I, I think it's ingrained in us we want the best for our kids we want them to have a experience like everyone else we don't want them to miss out on anything but to them they're not missing out on something they don't know to them, those movie nights with mom are great. Like, best thing in the world. We're doing a puzzle. And, and we do get our bonding time, our communication together, talk about school. And that I've also found has helped me kind of like set my, I guess, boundaries, goals. Like, okay, 
I know I can spend this much time sitting in the backyard while they play ball. I don't have to be super active so I can extend that time but still be there with them. So I I guess to answer your question, I, I don't think the kids really know And I think what they do learn in a bright side of all of this is empathy. I think having a mom or or, or a dad or even maybe both parents with a chronic illness being like, oh, mommy had to take a rest. Like, oh, that's, that's an okay thing. When you are tired, rest. If you have to... Stop yourself from doing whatever it is or or do it a different way. That is great. That is fine. And I think they also learn to be more considerate of other people in the world. If they see someone in a wheelchair or with a walker or with a brace on, oh, they just need it that day. Like, that's completely normal for them. For me, it's, oh, great. People are looking at me like I'm being dramatic or need attention because I, if you look at me, I look like a healthy 30-year-old. You would never know, but I don't feel it. (laughs) So even with that, they see people out in public and their first thought isn't like, oh, that's weird. What is that? Let's stare. It's, oh, I hope that person's okay today. And I don't know if that's how I rationalize it in my mind, but that, that's my silver lining for being a parent with chronic illness is I feel that my kids are going to grow up with a better understanding of how to empathize with other people who struggle. And I think that's a big gap in the world today. We, we don't connect on a human level and empathize with each other. And it's, it's looked at as we're not good enough because we can't do these things. No, that, that's not how it should be. And I feel confident that my kids will grow up knowing and hopefully teaching others that as well. Yes, I agree completely. My children are far, far more empathetic and accepting than I think I ever was. You know, and not because I didn't want to be. I just was never around anybody with any type of dramatic disability or noticeable disability growing up. It wasn't something you ever thought about. And then my kids, on the other hand, have witnessed me. They don't know anything different. So not knowing anything different, like you said, I think makes them look at others and say, yeah, well, yeah, whatever. It's just Jimmy or that's just Susie, you know, whoever. There's nothing wrong with that person. That's just the person that happens to have that particular need, whatever that need might be. So I, I think, yes, I think my children, as you mentioned, are far, far more empathetic and accepting than I ever would have been at, at their age. That is very reassuring for me. <laughs> now I hear that once once they grow up, it will carry over even now. And mom brags for a minute, parent-teacher conferences, they will tell me, especially my son, how caring he is, how if he sees someone struggling, he's there to help them. Um, He's trying to make sure everybody is okay and has what they need. And he does have, I, I can't remember the disability, but there is a child in his class that, oh, I wish I could remember, but he has some sort of disability that requires a teacher's aid in the classroom. And I got an email out of nowhere from his teacher about how the aide had stepped out of the room for a second. The other little boy was really struggling, just had no idea what to do. And while you're not supposed to get up out of your seat in the middle of class, Andrew approached, Andrew's my son, approached him to help him and then just went back to his seat and did his job. And the teacher told me, oh, here I am, emotional. (laughs) 
that that's something you don't see in first graders. That's rare. So that's like a, a proud moment for me and kind of relieves a little bit of a, okay, maybe I, maybe I don't need to feel so guilty. There, there is good things about this. Sure, I think that's probably spot on is that you're seeing that your children are taking in the conditions, taking in the, that not everybody is the same and that some people need a little bit extra help on some things and a little less help on others. And if they're able to provide that at any given time, I think that's fantastic that he was able to recognize that at that age, step in, do it, and then step back out of the situation and, and just keep going. I, I think that's fantastic. Thank you. I appreciate all this. As we look at, you know, motherhood, again, this is not a topic that I can talk about because I'm not a mother, obviously. So it's been fantastic to have you on and I'd like to have you on some more. And anybody that's listening, if you like this, please reach out to Ashley's Instagram page, follow her, connect. If you're a mother that's needing or looking for additional support, you know, reach out. She's there to help and talk with you. If, if, you need that, or at least if you're just able to read the pictures and take something away from that, connect, get in touch, and then feel free to shoot her a message on Instagram or shoot myself a message on Instagram or through my website, spondypodcast.com. And let me know about if you'd like to hear more of these. Let's bring Ashley on some more. It might be a great topic. Let me know what your thoughts are about a topic of Ashley should do her own show just dedicated to motherhood and axial spondoarthritis. That might be an opportunity for Ashley in the future. Uh, might make some special episodes on this if we do it that way. So let Ashley know what, you, what you're thinking. But with that said, I really thank you for your time, Ashley. And I, I can't thank you enough for coming on to talk about this topic. And I'm looking forward to having you on some more. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. I think I think it is something that does need a little more exposure because it's hard for moms to admit they need help. So on what you said, if anybody is hearing this, and find my page, reach out. I am always here. I'm always open. If you need advice, if you just want to vent, I'm here. Moms need to stick together, especially when we're dealing with such big things as chronic illness. Oh, I, I completely agree. And so again, Ashley, thank you for your time. And before we wrap this up, I want to give a couple shout outs here. A download came in this week from the 111th country to access the Axial Spondoarthritis podcast. So to whoever checked out the show from Ghana, welcome. Glad to have you here. And I hope to see more downloads come in from Ghana. And feel free to reach out on spondypodcast.com and let me know if there's anything that you would particularly like to hear about. We don't see many downloads come in from Equatorial Africa. So I think it's always neat when that happens. And, uh, you know, with that, Ashley, thank you for your time. It was a pleasure having you on. Thank you. You have a wonderful afternoon. You too. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye.